Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. Buenos dias. Larry Correa. Como estas? And special guest, Craig Nibo. Hello. Today's episode, The Rhythm of Writing. Well, we've got someone with us today, guys. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. So we started having some people come in and recording with us. And, and one of our first one of our first good friends came in, Dave Butler. Um, now, today we decided to have another guy come in and, and, and record with us. And that guy is Craig Nibo. You know him. We reference him pretty often on the show as the guy who is uh, kind enough slash crazy enough to let us use his his studio to record. This way we don't sound like complete morons except for those few episodes back in October when I edited. That was my fault. Those are pretty horrible. Sorry. But, uh, you know, we learned from them. Um, we learned that we appreciate Jack producing us. Yes. No, but Craig, uh, Craig's uh, uh, help. We're, at, we're here on his turf, mm-hmm. and we're much appreciative. But Craig also, and we've uh, actually done some ads for him on the show, Craig is also a writer yeah. and has a pretty unique background. It ties into some other really interesting skill sets. And uh, so I'm really excited to hear what he's got to say today. Yeah. So, Craig, why don't you give people, you know, when, when Dave Butler was on the show, we called it the Dave Butler Expose to start out. So kind of give us your, your brief intro, who you are, what you've done, what you do, um, because today we are going to talk about something pretty cool, and that's music and fiction. Okay, excellent. Well, first of all, thanks, you guys, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It truly is an honor. Um, yeah, I am an author. I have, I have eight books out right now. I am a self-published author. Um, my latest novel that's out is called Dead Girl. I think you guys have talked about it a mm-hmm. little bit on the show. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, uh, and I am also a professional musician. I've done a lot of high-end professional work, including composition and production of large-scale events, usually for, uh, usually in the industrial space, like for, um, conventions and whatnot were my clients. But along with that, uh, I have a real passion for both. I have a passion for writing and I have a passion for music. And I try to always be in the middle of creating something on both of those fronts. So I have music out and I have books out. Nice. Now, for for the people out there who, who, are, who I know someone's going to be like, well, does he actually play any instruments? The answer, Craig, is yes. I play several instruments, including the cross-cut saw. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You and I were talking the other day, and there was an instrument that you were desperate to play at this one performance. What was it? It was the... Um... Okay, so that, that's a pretty good story. I had, produced a, I had produced and composed a song for a convention, and this one was at the Utah, Utah State University... Uh, no, U of U. It was the U of U Stadium in there in Salt Lake City, and the, and it was full. So it's like forty thousand people, and it was a song that I had composed, and uh, the it was for a company here locally, uh, obviously a rich company. The stands were full. I wrote the song for the president of this company basically to come out and sing, and I had a cast of 
it was over 60 people at this gig. It was, it was enormous. So being the composer, I get to have my pick of which instrument that I wanted to play. I could play, I could be the guitar hero, I could play the piano, I could play the bass, whatever I wanted. Well, I picked an instrument called the cuica. Now, <laughs> the cuica, I don't know, this has taken me way back, but if you've ever heard the theme song for the old show Beretta, it's highly featured in there. <laughs> it's kind of a drum, but inside the drum there's a little stick, and you grab the stick with a damp towel and you kind of rub back and forth on the stick, uh -huh. and it sounds like a monkey. It's like, it sounds like that. So out of this huge rack of instruments, I was owning the Quica in front of 45,000 screaming fans who weren't really, nobody, nobody's like, oh, he's a great Quica player. We got to go check him out. <laughs> There's like six people in the world who are like, dang. They're like, yeah! <laughs> the World Quica Association reached out to you. To me, it was the absurdity of having that many people watch, and that's what I picked because I don't that's know. a that's a power move. Oh yeah, yeah, total power move. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I actually did some research on the Quica. I like watched some YouTube videos, and, and I'm telling you, there are some pretty good Quica players out there. I'm only mediocre, you know. I'm I'm level I'm level six on the Quica. Not a lot of people put points in that, though, though, so that's still probably... Know, they didn't, right. didn't quite spec into the Quica. Yeah, yeah. You, Although... They didn't I'm, have I'm, a Quica build. I'm feeling, I'm feeling in the future, uh, Larry, that in one of our games, this is going to happen now. <laughs> next, next time we do L5R, I'm just going to play some, I'm just going to play some artsy-fartsy person that specs, like, all ten points in a Quica. Oh, yeah. I did that with a flute player yes. once. I was a berserker flute player. Kind of it's like basically Terry Crews, you know, rocking it. That's so cool. Was your flute also a weapon? No, I I, I tried to separate the two worlds. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I called it my anger management flute, and then I would berserk. That's all kinds of awesome. Uh, so I hope what what y'all can hear from us is look, we've we've known Craig for a really really long time. Um, gosh, probably. Probably better part of a decade, I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we've known Craig for a long time. He's he's great. He's he's one of our favorite people. Uh, whenever we go to conventions, we always love seeing him there. And um, the the thing with Craig is, um, Craig actually writes very 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 very. Did I say very yet? Very dark stuff. And yet, um, he's actually a very funny guy. Um, and, and so, uh, at some point we're, we're going to have to have you come back on and, and what we'll talk about is, is humor and horror and how they relate to each other. Cause I sure. think, I think you and I have very similar thoughts on this. I think so. Um, but for today, uh, what we want to talk about is music and writing. Um, now you're a writer, obviously, um, we, we've, we've talked about your Quica expertise and all of the, and all the other instruments as well. Um, I actually knew, I, I actually first met you and saw you playing instruments. You were playing bass. Right. Um, that's my primary axe. Mm -hmm. So I guess my first thoughts here are there are a lot of people out there to whom music is extremely important, whether just in terms of they're just, they just love music or they happen to be musicians themselves and, and creative people are creative people and they like to do all the things. So so for a new author or an existing author, I guess, because, man, I, 
don't know about you guys, but I've seen so many people try to implement musicality or music themes or stuff like that in their fiction. And for the most part, it kind of sucks. Yeah, I've seen some pretty, I think I've seen it done poorly more than I've seen it done well. Oh, for sure. Um, you see like some musical based magic systems that you're like, mm, this probably sounded really super cool in your head, but the way you're conveying this on the page. Yeah. So, so what I'm wondering, Craig, is how can someone take their love or their passion for music and what are some of the, some of the, the earlier steps or the, the first things they should really think about before trying to implement that into what they like to write? Well, it's kind of interesting. Larry brings up a music-based magic system, and I'm just going to draft off from that for a second. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because any any magic system should have logic at its root. you got to have logic, and you have to have a set of rules in order to do the right things in order for that spell to come off correctly and not kill you. Music, if you study music, uh, even, even, to a, even to a small level, you'll soon learn that there is tons of order in music. There's something that we refer to as music theory, and everybody is up to date on, or at least has heard the term music theory. Mm-hmm. But if you start looking at music theory, you're going to see a stringent set of rules that can be controlled with math. So if I were going to make a magic-based or a magic system based on music, I would actually draw on the logic of music and I would explain it in those terms. And I think you could pull that off. I think you could pull that off rather well. So I think you start with a study of music theory Hmm. at its base. Hmm. Do you think, uh, how important is it if we have people out there who would like to implement music into their stuff who aren't themselves musicians? Well, I think a lot of music, I think a lot of music is the culture of music, the culture of who you're dealing with and your characters. And I think a lot of people can just do it, right? Like I'm no, I, I'm a musician for sure, but I'm not a musical snob. And I see, I see all kinds of cultures out there, uh, all kinds of different people who compose music. Uh, music affects different creative people in different ways. Some people are defined by music and some people are musical hobbyists and i think some people are musical snobs and these are all aspects of character that i think you can roll into your story nice yeah i like that a lot yeah we've actually talked about the show a lot about if you are writing about a subject that you aren't an expert on the best person to have be the point of view protagonist for that scene or the point of view character for that scene is the person that knows the least about it that way you don't have to get it right because they wouldn't necessarily get it right. That's excellent. Like you can have your super musician in your story say, yeah, you wouldn't understand to whoever's voice that you're writing from. So, yeah, you could do it that way. So I would say, I mean, everybody has their own experience with music. They have their their rock and roll heroes out there. They have their jazzers. All these guys have kind of different stereotypes so you can go out there and just look at the culture of these guys and uh, instill that into your characters okay now what about i i I know that uh i know there's someone out there or several someones who are saying well gosh you know i i read i'm a big tolkien fan which most of us are i'm a big tolkien fan like what about what about all that time he spent with like the poems that are kind of that are basically meant to be songs in front of the chapters and they go on for pages and pages and pages like like 
is there a validity there? Um, how, how can, look, me personally, I skip that crap. I just don't care. And, and I love, I love music. I mean, I, I have to find a music playlist that fits the theme of the story that I'm writing in order to write effectively, you know. Steve goes to about 15 concerts a year. I go to a lot. Yeah. In fact, I have one in like two days. Um, so. Uh, uh, it's Bieber, right? You're going to see yes. Bieber. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Justin oh, Bieber. The Bieber Hannah Montana yes. one? Yes, oh, yes. That's you, me. Yep. I'm a big fan. He's um, a huge Bieber fan. Yeah, me and, and, then, and then, you know, it's followed up by a doubleheader of K-pop. <laughs> um, but so when it comes to that stuff, I tend to kind of skip it. I don't know. Do, do you do the same thing? Well, the philosophy, my philosophy of writing, and in my opinion, and I can only speak to this subjectively, but if it's in your book and it has nothing to do with your story, then you need to use my favorite key, which is the delete key. You got to get it out. Oh, I, some I, music puns there, baby. <laughs> I didn't even mean that. Thank you. Yes. But uh, yeah, nobody cares about your poem. I'm, I, I, well, I, I can only say that I don't care about your poem. So if you're putting your poem in there, no matter how beautifully written it is, unless it summons a demon... Or unless, <laughs> unless the words are going to be important later on, or unless they resolve something that you've already opened, I am out. I'm just going to keep on going because I don't care about that stuff. Yeah, I think if you got an art, if you got a writer who's talented in that respect, like so Pat Tracy, if Pat Tracy wants to stick some poetry into a sci-fi or fantasy story, it's going to be awesome. Well, you Pat, know? Pat understands. Pat understands that you only put what's necessary in the story. Yeah, also. he's not going to put extraneous stuff. I've seen a lot of authors where they like to really use the lose, uh, like they'll take their favorite songs and they'll try to squeeze song lyrics in. Ugh. And I'm guilty. I've done that a few times, but I try to at least be nuanced enough that it's not like ham-fisted. I'm not quoting the whole song. I'll sneak in a lyric once in a while there. I actually set a fight scene to the song War Pigs once. <laughs> I was really proud of that. That one came out really good. You know? Yeah, that's cool. But I was, I was I was chill about it. I wasn't, you know, bashing you over the head. It was just playing in the background and the, and the main character who's beating people up loves the song. You know? <laughs> so I, I think I think it's one of those you got to be careful and nuanced and not just be, I love this thing, so I'm going to beat the reader over the head with it. Yeah, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Uh, don't show off. Don't show off. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Um, and then we're, we're going to I have a couple more questions. And then we're going to move into kind of a thing where... Uh, Craig and I had this this weird experience at a at a con a little while ago where it was kind of some advice that Craig was given and this was like for musicians who understand music and I thought it was really really cool so we're going to get into that right when we come back A half century old curse lies over the small community of Bridgewater ever since Sarah Chase died in a car accident during a teen angst driven game of chicken back in 1962 she perished in the back seat of a 1961 Impala, accompanied by a group of boys who called themselves the Big Four. She screamed as the car careened through a guardrail and plunged into the icy river water beneath. The four boys survived. Sarah did not. Teenagers still race and party at the Milvian Bridge, where Sarah's car went over, especially on the anniversary of her death, in hopes of catching a glimpse of her unsettled ghost. 
But the partying teenagers of Bridgewater don't know that in life Sarah belonged to a group of teenage girls who practiced witchcraft. They don't know that Sarah seeks to use her powers from the grave to avenge her unrequited vendetta. They don't know that Stan Corliss, the driver of the Impala that terrible night and the unpronounced protector of Bridgewater, has passed away, freeing Sarah to unleash her anger. Dead Girl by Craig Nibo is available on Amazon and is free for Kindle Unlimited subscribers. Pick up your copy today. And we're back. Thanks for coming back with us, hopefully. If for some reason you're not here, well, I mean, you don't care what I'm saying right now, so screw you. Um, that's Schrodinger's podcast. That's right. All right, so again, if for some reason you missed it in the first half, um, we're joined with we're joined here by Craig Nibo, one of our good friends, musician, author, uh, and we're talking about implementing music into your fiction. So before the break, we were talking about kind of the poems and the stuff like that, and and, and Craig, you made some some really great points talking about, first of all, um, using music um, in terms of like character and stuff like that, using that to help build your characters. Um, and then secondly, you know, kind of the old the old kind of sort of rule that we have, and that's, look, if it's not if it's not relevant to your plot or to your characters, then why is it there? You know, so all that said. I know there's people out there that are going to be like, hey, look, I think that I want to and can implement some music stuff. Maybe like you said earlier, Craig, like the um, maybe maybe there's a, a song that summons a demon in it. And that becomes that's an important part of the of the story later. Or something like Clockwork Angels with, you know. With Kevin sure. uh, Anderson, where uh, he, I mean, literally teams up with Rush. I mean, come on, man! And uh, it's, it's, it's a musical book, yeah. you know. So, for those people, say, 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 little orphan Steve comes up to you and is like, "Craig, Mister Craig, I'd really like to learn how to put like write lyrics and stuff and put them in my fiction." What kind of advice can you give to orphan Steve? Okay, well. You want to, you, I, I spoke closer to the top of the episode about finding order in music. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to novices or I'm speaking to musicians here? Let's, let's start with novices. Okay. So the first thing I would say is try to find order in the art. Okay. And a few specific things, because I want to give you specific things, sure. right? I'm going to say, look at something called the circle of fifths. So you can look it up. So the circle of fifths is a progression of, in music, we call them key signatures. That's how many sharps or flats are in a key, right? So look for order in that and maybe find patterns that you can work into your magic system or into your character. Oh, okay. okay, for example, for example, we all know you've heard the major scale, whether you know it or not. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right? You've heard that. But if you start on a different note in that scale, you're going to have a different sound. Like, I have do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. If I start on the sixth element, I'm counting to seven there, I get a minor key, right? So there's a minor key hidden in every major key if you just start from a different note. And then you get even further into it, you can discover that there are three minor keys. 
within each major key only by starting on a different note within that that old you know major scale so i would look for those kinds of patterns uh and maybe maybe use that try to find order in music start with some of the tools and these are just basics if you look up circle of fifths and scales and scale modes it's immediately going to pick your interest if you're interested in this kind of thing and immediately you're going to have some ideas and also immediately you're going to sound like you know what you're talking about when you reference something like that. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of, I mean, uh, oh gosh, there, there was a, you and I talk about this all the time, Larry, when it comes to, and this is just research in general, right? Um, in, in Monster Hunter Alpha, takes place up in the, in the, in the peninsula up there, right? In, in the Michigan area. Yeah. How many times have you been to that place? Zero. Exactly. And yet everyone's like, dude, you I, really sound like you've been there. I had people who thought that I, I, I like lived there or I had spent summers there. Yeah. Just because awesome. of the research. Yeah. This is, this is the, the beauty of, of speaking with experts and, and using that and, and really trying to, to do that research and doing justice to that research and put it in your fiction. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to know how to play an instrument to know this stuff. You can look it up. You can look it up, man, or just talk to a musician about it. Yeah, if I ever if I ever wind up having any sort of musical thing in any of my books, I'm coming to you. And I was like, I know who we're going to. I was like, I'm showing you that scene to say, did I screw this up? <laughs> Does yeah, this sound helps. plausible? I have had people do that before. I had somebody give me a book, and they had me read portions of it, the musical portions, and they were off on several points. However, like what? Like what? Okay, like, I'm, well, I'm interested in so so from an so okay like like when 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 Larry reads someone's fiction like i often run my my gun stuff by larry yeah yeah i get that a lot um because i know that larry can see the common um almost the stereotypical common problems that comes with this stuff so what is some of the, what are some of those same issues that you see well one issue that i ran into is first of all i'm really forgiving with authors when they get it wrong i'm not i'm not the guy that's going to cook them over it i just I just think, well, the author didn't know, but the story's great. So you're forgiven because you're still a good author. Well, you can't know everything. No, so. yeah. no. But yeah, okay. One example is somebody, somebody talked about a chromatic, a chromatic sweep picking pattern on a guitar. And guitars don't work that way. You can't do a sweep pattern that's chromatic. Chromatic means you're playing every single note in between the notes. So you're doing oh. all the sharps and the flats in a run, up or down. Uh, when you're sweeping, man, I don't want to get too technical. <laughs> but when you're sweeping, you're using something uh, that's called an arpeggio. So in essence, what that is, is it's a chord. You're playing, you're playing one each of the pieces the on the chord, right? Yeah. 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 So that was one. And they also had a chromatic tapping, uh, a chromatic tapping bit. And that would be like, man, if I could, and, and I think it was a 10 finger chromatic tap. And if, man, if I could do that, I would be making big money, but I've never seen anybody else do it. So, you so know, this is like a space alien or supernatural <laughs> creature. Probably not. Well, okay. But see that, that you could do that. You could say, but you explain it that way. Right. Uh, another time somebody had a whammy bar on a bass guitar, which never happens. See, I even knew that because I used to work at Digitech. That was my first, uh, right. That was my first accounting job. Right. Ironically though, later I was writing. I was writing some music-related fiction, and I put a whammy bar on a bass guitar, but I described it as 
you know, this bass player is so awesome that they have a whammy bar on their bass guitar. So I made it the exception in the story. So there, there were a couple of things like that. Okay. All right. So let's start talking to the musicians who are out there. Musicians is, who are trying to be writers. Yep, which is okay. neither Larry or I. All right. We are not musicians. Okay. Um, I'm terrible. And I, I, and I, I can't even play one on TV sort of a thing right (laughs) all right like okay there are musicians out there who who really want to transition into writing um again creativity breeds creativity larry and i talk about this all the time is there any sort of i guess way to speak to musicians and kind of talk about like look just like think about it this way maybe this will help you understand the way you can construct a story in terms of comparing it to how you are constructing music. Okay, I can do that. I First of all, I'm with you on that creativity breeds creativity thing. Oh, yeah. If you're coming up with ideas and working on things, you can't stop the ideas from flowing into your mind mm-hmm. no matter how much you want to. But also different forms of creativity definitely overlap. And music overlaps with fiction in some form. And maybe uh, if I can explain it in a way that is helpful to musicians, but also helpful to Mm non-musicians, what I would say is, okay, so first of all, when we write particularly, it's it's a term used in screenplay writing, but you can also use it in novel writing or short story writing. We talk about a beat sheet all the time. Beat is a musical term. So already right there, you're talking about a beat. You're talking about a rhythm in your Mm -hmm. writing and your writing does need to have a rhythm and how rhythms work, how rhythms work is they're divided into little chunks of time that we refer to as measures. And we take a series of those measures and put them together and we get a beat. So that beat can be something like So there we have like a, there we have like a two bar beat or that was four bars. Okay. So there we have a four bar beat, but we took the entire four bars to express that entire beat. So one bar beat is like, but then I add in, you know, so I extend that loop out and I make something that's more like that resembles more of a sequence in a story. So as you're writing, don't think about just the beat, but think about where your beat is going. What sequence is that going? Uh, what what sequence are you going for? And how are you going to resolve that? That sequence kind of becomes a wave that sort of builds up, crests, and goes back down, builds back up, crests, and comes back down. We further deconstruct it. And if you're talking about song production, there are different parts of the composition. We have, definitely we have the beat, that's the drums exclusively. And then as we tack layers onto the beat, we get what we call the rhythm section. So the rhythm section is two instruments playing at the same time, or sometimes three. So you have the beat, which is the drums, and you have the bass, and those guys together are the rhythm section. So now we have two layers. You can look at your story the same way. You have multiple layers inside your story. You have your beat, that's giving you what you're pulling from your beat sheet. And then over that, you have your second layer. And, and those two together 
are playing. So you got do do and you have a bass player. He's all boom, right? So you're putting those things together. You have a rhythm section. Now on top of that, because that's all that's all totally rhythmic with a little bit of melody, we're gonna put something called a pad. Now what a pad is in musical composition is it's there, it, we kind of re, we often refer to them as footballs because they're kind of thin at one end and then they get thick in the middle and then they're thin at the other end. Sounds like right, and they're long, lengthy things. And a pad can go over several measures. So you have the beat, you have the rhythm section, you put the pad over, and the pad is sort of tying everything together. And if you if you can go with me on this, you can kind of see how stories are shaping out. You put all that together into something called an ostinato. And an ostinato is a repeating phrase. So now we put those three elements together. We have an ostinato that keeps going. It echoes. It can change a little bit over time. But if you're a good composer, you're going to develop that ostinato. I'm not saying that you should repeat what you're doing in your story. But if you can echo elements of your story revisit things, recycle things, and think about it in terms of little pieces, a beat, bigger pieces, rhythm section, and then an overlying piece, uh, which would be the pad, and put that into an ostinato, you're starting to cook a pretty good, you're starting to cook a pretty good song and also a pretty good story. But it goes even further than that. We have melody. So melody goes over the top of all this thing, all this stuff. So the melody is like your main character, right? It's your voice. Is the voice harsh? Is it played on a shredding guitar or is it a piano? Uh, think about the tone and think about the timbre of the voice that you're executing. And it might even help if you're writing in voice, because to me, as a musician, voice is all about singing. It's all about timbre. It's all about, it's all about those things. So so is it a violin talking in your story, man? Are you writing from the standpoint of a violin? Or are you writing from the standpoint of a tuba? Like you're in the middle of an action scene and the, 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 the conductor, who is you, the author, points at the tuba player and says, do something. What's that tuba player going to do, right? What's that violin player going to do? Point at the violin player. It's your turn. You're up. Okay, we're moving to the sax player. So in your mind, what do you summon with those musical voices, with that melody over that ostinato that you've already established? And it, it is interesting. I have, I have written with this in mind. I have actually used, used instrument voices to inspire. And you don't have to be a musician to do this. You know what a guitar sounds like, man. You know the difference between a shred and distorted guitar and a chunky guitar and, you know, but a guitar says a lot of things, but it's still a guitar, right? So you know what it sounds like. So maybe as you're writing a scene, think to yourself, how would a guitar execute this scene? Try that. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I, I see what, because Steve was telling me about this beforehand. Uh, and he's like, he came back after whatever calling you guys are at, and he's like, dude, dude, we got to get Craig on. Yeah. He was talking about music, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was about writing. Wow. So, okay, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So uh, 
that was probably the longest single stretch of time that neither Larry and I have talked in the history of the world. <laughs> Sorry um, about that, man. Yeah, on this show, and, definitely. Um, no, 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 no. That was, but that was... That was really cool. Like, what I... What, I, I kind of sort of wish you could you could have just seen. I mean, I, I've heard this before, and and it's still hyper. Oh yeah, my face. I'm sure I was just kind of like, huh. Yeah, I, I could I could literally see the wheel because Larry Larry loves music. Larry Larry's a big. I'm not music good at person. it, but I enjoy the heck out of it. I don't know anything about it, but I right, love that's it. all you need, man. Yeah, and and I could see the wheels in Larry's head like turning, and <laughs> little by little, I don't you weren't aware of this, Larry, but like your jaw was dropping just a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then, and then I kind of look over at you and you look at me and I just kind of give you the nod and you're like, yeah, okay. 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 That's cool. I'm actually looking forward to this episode airing. That way I can listen to that again. It's, <laughs> it's a lot, but, no, this but is actually really interesting. But that's super cool guys. Like, I hope you see why, why I was so, I was so jazzed, no pun intended to have, to have Craig on the show. Right. Because the way we're always looking for different ways and, and different angles with which you can tackle your approach to writing fiction. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this show a bunch of times. There's all these there's no one right way to do this. And there's so many successful authors that come at this from different directions. Oh, yeah. As this is the first time I've heard somebody like using a musical analogy, basically, of like how you build a song versus how you build a story. And it's interesting because the beats, what you said during the beats mirrors uh we had a uh, episode about pacing yeah. and one of the things i talked about the pacing was taking it up taking it down taking it up taking and so you're not always on the same level because if you're always on the same level it becomes boring and the analogy i usually like you watch an action movie where it's just explosion 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 and you get to the point where you're tired of explosions i mean it's the same thing as a song if you have a song that just drones forever and doesn't go up doesn't go down you get bored doesn't matter how great that one section is you get tired of it that's true and, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's it. That when you said that, I was like, yeah, we, we literally just talked about that a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. But the cool thing is, I mean, look, we, we, have, we have quite a few listeners now. And they're from all different walks of life and um, all different life experiences and stuff. And so they, they come at this from so many different ways. And so what I hope, what I really, really hope, I know there's some musicians who are listening to this. And maybe they're having trouble because every at some point everyone has trouble with their writing. It's it's just a fact. Um, I hope that just maybe they can hear what what Craig just said. All that, you know, he he was just spitting wisdom there for a minute, and and they can hear that and go, okay, yeah, yeah. like that's all it takes, guys. That's yeah. all it takes. That's it. It's definitely interesting because I, I think also because uh, we didn't mention this at the beginning, but the, the theme song here when we leave in a minute will be uh, uh, Word Mercenaries. Yeah, by, uh, by our buddy by, right here, Craig, Craig Nyba. It tells a story. Oh, it does. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're almost out of time, but I know that, uh, we, that you just started a podcast, right, Craig? That's right. Um, if you'll indulge me, uh, oh, I wouldn't please. mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, tell us all about I it. I appreciate this that. Is, this is some cool stuff, guys. This is pretty new. Uh, it's called it's called Craig Nibo's Terrifying Lies Podcast. And it is a little bit of commentary and a lot of fiction. Sometimes serialized, sometimes one-offs. So occasionally you'll have one that goes two or three episodes. Currently it's bi-weekly, which means every 
two weeks. <laughs> Good, because I don't understand that term at all. And we're accountants. That actually got confusing at times. Yeah. Because people use it both ways. <laughs> so every uh, first and third Friday at high noon, you can listen to it. And then I'm planning on doing a special episode that I'm going to release at midnight on the night of the full moon. So that'll be it'll be kind of different. But yeah, it's short stories. Uh, I'm reading them, but I'm doing a lot of there's there's a lot of um, production value going on. There's sound effects, uh, music, and then I end every episode with an original song. Oh, so there's a little bit of commentary, and I was hesitant about doing this in the show. Steve actually encouraged me to uh, talk about the stories a little bit and sort of where the stories come from, mm-hmm. or or an interesting fact about the stories. I tend to do a lot of research and base the stories in something. <laughs> base this, Steve's laughing because uh, I know sometimes I over research things. Right oh. now, Craig is going down the hole of madness on a certain research topic that, that, I, am, uh, that I am that we're not going to tell you about quite yet. Oh, we've we've been there. Yeah, we actually talked about that was a couple episodes ago with Dave Butler talking yeah. about. You're going down the research rabbit hole, yeah. Which so, is great, as long as you don't show your research in your yeah, writing. Yeah, Dave basically taught himself yep. ancient Egyptian to write a sci-fi novel. Oh, that's so Dave Butler. <laughs> that's so Dave Butler, man. So what kind of stories are we talking about, Craig? Okay, it's it's pretty dark stuff, as, as Steve said so earlier. So Tuesday for me. Yeah, so Tuesday for Steve. My stuff tends to, my stuff tends to range from dark to comedy. I write a lot of comedy as well. And I, and I intermix those two things quite often. But yeah, there are things, there are things in there that are definitely going to be dark uh, subjects. So if you're not into that, which I will understand, then it might not be for you, but listen to it anyway. There's, there's a lot of people out there who, who through this podcast and then through Servants of War have really been, um, they've been exposed to my writing for kind of the first time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them that are like, dang, this is dark, but this is really good. Like, right. For you guys, this like this stuff of Craig, this is your stuff. Yeah. So if you're simpatico with Steve, yeah, you got to check yeah. this out. So and everyone should be simpatico with Steve. It was, it was Craig Nibo's what? Terif- terrifying Lies. Very cool. Very cool. All right. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for you today. Craig, thank you so much for coming and for, uh, for, for spouting wisdom for us. That was freaking awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It is truly an honor. All right. That's all the time we have. Everybody, get ready for the for the Word Mercenary song by Craig Nibo. We'll see you on the next one. Spider Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Nibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writer dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. Nobody, nobody's like, oh, he's a great Quika player. We got to go check him out.